Hey, it's great to see everyone here today. We are wrapping up this series this week and next week, this Breaking the Idols of Our Heart. We've been in this since the beginning of the year. So if you guys would have started living more cleaner, we could have been done with this a lot sooner, right? I'm just kidding. That was because you didn't give me any arm strength, uh, praisers. Anyhow, we are, um, last week, uh, Pastor CJ and I uh, shared with you this, this concept of uh, our lives kind of being viewed through a viewfinder like this, where we see pictures, we see things uh, that we should be, you know, like say, for instance, like we used a picture of a family, and we said, you know, if we could just become like this, then everything would be great, you know, and, and we've realized that that's, you know, w- what's so limiting to that is that's not how God sees us. And so what we want to do here in the next couple of weeks is take that and just explode that out to say, this is what we're missing out on. This is what God sees. We are often confined to this. This is what we do, uh, where God's saying, you need to expand this out and, and, and have a much bigger vision, a much bigger dream uh, for your life. And so today I want to share with you just that. I want to talk about vision and dreams and, and how, you're, you know, how we may have a limited perception of things and we need to expand that out. Last week also we talked about, we just threw it out there very quickly uh, because that previous week, we got a, um, in a conversation with Matt Ness, who is over top of Eyes That See, the ministry of Eyes That See, who uh, is uh, working in um, Ethiopia, Africa. And um, one of the things he said was uh, that we could, we, there was an opportunity there if we, you know, he just wanted to throw a shout out there to say, hey, here's this opportunity to help the, some of the women from the Keziah Project. And if you remember, at uh, Christmas time, we introduced to you Eyes That See uh, a, a Christmas catalog. And within that, um, part of the, largely part of eyes that see in Ethiopia is about going into the brothels and taking these women and giving them, uh, teaching them, giving them a skill set where, where we're saying, hey, you don't have to support your family by just being in a, in a brothel. Again, you know, they have this limited perception that says, well, this is all I know. And so, and so what, what Eyes at Sea does, they go in, they take these women, they, they put them through the Keziah Project, which teach, teaches them a skill, a trade, typically a government trade. And so what happens is when they come out of this, as they go through the Keziah Project, their, their perception is just expanded out to say, you know, I, I, I don't have to be in the brothel. I can, I can uh, you know, as they're trained to cut hair and do some, do some other things, um, uh, government trades, they can support their family in a way that's much more uh, healthy, much more healthy. And so last week we talked about this is the first group of women coming out that some of our, uh, some of our Christmas project money went to some of these women. And Matt just gave a shout out and said, hey, we're graduating these women. We're in need of $1,500. Don't know if, any of you, you know if you could do anything or whatever, but we're wanting to put on this huge celebration at their graduation to just really love on them and really treat them like princesses. And so if you, had, you, know, if you might have an opportunity, we'd love to you know, just love to be a part of that. And so we presented it to you in a very quick way, just, you know, if you guys wanted to get on board. We did not raise $1,500, uh, however, we raised $3,000. That, to me, is absolutely huge. Not just by giving money, but it's about, I think, our, it's about this being expanded, where we're saying, you know what, life isn't just about what I know. Life isn't just how I perceive it, but there's so much more out there. You know, and so you guys really, I mean, I am just so proud of us. I'm just so proud of our church. I'm so proud of you guys living in that sense where your minds are being in your eyes, your perceptions are being expanded to where you're saying, 
God's involved here. The, the things are so much bigger than what I may, I may realize. God's a huge God. And so I just want to thank you so much for that. There's a lot that, that we can celebrate here. We're just coming. Last Sunday was a huge Sunday for me. It was just really cool. We went from here. Uh, kind of presenting that and kind of getting an idea that, man, we've met $1,500. And then we went to the upward graduation where we had, where we celebrated 230 kids going through our upward program, which, uh, people like Brian and Jan Ford, as well as a bunch of you guys that volunteered within that. That's just huge stuff, man. That's, that's, again, I think where our minds are being expanded out saying there's more to this than maybe what I just see. And so I just want to say thank you so much for that. I want to thank you for, for allowing me to be a pastor here at this church at Element and lead you guys in that direction. Uh, because to me, this is exciting. This is what it's all about. We have a huge vision here. And I just want to, I just want to brag on you guys. And I also want to say this here in the near future. Uh, well, let me just say this. I want to let the curtain down a little bit. At our staff meeting, I shared with our staff, we do not celebrate well here at all. We don't give shout-outs to say, guys, this is where we are winning. This is where we got some wins to celebrate. And so here in the future, you're going to be hearing an awful lot more about that because we're going to become a church that's much more celebrating. And I'm not just, cel- again, celebrating that you just we're just giving money, but it's... but. That's part of it, you know, part of giving of our resources, our time and our talents and, and, um, and, and, uh, and our finances and things like that. But as we look at this, what I want to talk about is that vision, you know, expanding that, the vision, the dream. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul writes this. He says, God, by His mighty power at work within us, is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers our desires, our thoughts, or our hopes. I love that verse. I love how Paul captures that verse and the awesomeness of God. I love how Paul takes it, and, and, and so often what we can do at times, we have this huge God that is ineffable, that is, you know, you, you can't explain Him, but yet we often take, it, take Him and we keep boiling Him down and bringing Him down, 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 down to where we can put Him in a little box and we say, okay, now I can... I can understand God because I got him in this little box. And it's like, that's not exciting. That's not a God that you really want to serve, is it? That, you, that your mind can wrap itself around? Or is it expanded out to where you're saying, God's this huge, awesome God that, that yes, we have his written word. Yes, we, we have revelation of him through his written word and his, and, and, and his son, the incarnation being flesh. We have that where we can see God and we can taste and smell and, and experience God. But there's so much more to God. And I think that's what Paul's saying in this verse, particularly here. He's saying this, that his mighty power work within us, that same power that he goes on to write and elsewhere in one of his letters, that same power that, 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 that God used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead, which we'll be celebrating here in a couple weeks, that same power that God used to raise his son from the, from the dead is the same power that lives inside of me and inside of you. Those of us that have placed our faith and trust into Jesus Christ, Paul says that same power lives inside of you. And he goes on to say this, it's by his mighty power at work within you, that power that resides in you through the power, through his Holy Spirit, that power that is inside of you is so much more than we could ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our prayers. What do you guys pray about? Think about your prayers. What are they based, what, how do you pray? Do you have prayers that you're tapping in to the power that God has placed inside of you? We're saying, God, 
I believe in the power, the resurrection power that lives inside of me. God, I, because I believe in this, I am, I am connecting with you and I'm, I want to have a conversation with you. Or are they prayers that keep condensing down, condensing down to where they become like this? More manageable. You see what I'm saying? God's, Paul's saying that power is so much beyond our highest prayers. The desires, our thoughts, our hopes, that power is so much bigger. I think Paul is saying this. There's a huge dream. There's a huge vision out there. And, and to me, that's, that's what I want to talk to you about today and say this. Everybody needs a dream. Everybody needs this, this a God-given dream, a God vision. I absolutely love our vision here at Element Church. Our vision says that we are here to restore the broken one life at a time. To me, I can't accomplish that on my own. You can't accomplish that on your own whatsoever. God has given us this incredible vision, this incredible dream that says, I've got something that I want you to do. You guys are playing a key role. And what's so exciting, some of you guys, a lot of you guys, I can't say all of us because I don't know, but I mean, I want to say all of us, but we, we are demonstrating that through the giving of our time, through the giving of our resources like we just did. There's a demonstration of that that says, we believe in that. We believe that God has placed this huge vision upon our church and we believe that it can become reality if we trust God because that is the power that He gives us and the power that He wants to use to make His vision become a reality here at our church. But we need more. Not just money and things like that, but we need more. We need, we need us, we need every single person in here to expand our minds even more. We need every single person to, to look at our vision and stuff and say, you know what? This can become reality. Whatever God wants to do, He can do it and He will do it here and through us as a people and as a church. And, and that's, that's what's so exciting. But some of you, some of you know how it is when you come to church, right? Some of you have been in church for a long time, and if you can rewind to when you kind of first come into church, remember how exciting it was? And you're like, yeah, man, this is so cool. I am so excited. I want to, you know, I want to get plugged in. And so you get plugged in, and you get into that ministry that you're plugged into, and your hands is all, your hands are all over it, and you're so excited about this ministry, and you get a hold of it, and you've got this huge dream, this huge vision that God has kind of breathed into you, and you're like, Yes, man, we're going to rock it out through this ministry. And you get in there and you start meeting people that's been there for a while, right? Eeyores. Oh, I don't know how we're going to do that. I know we got a pencil sharpener, but I don't know if we can put a pencil in there and actually sharpen it. Right? You know what I mean? And it's like your passion after a while, that, that passion and that excitement... For the vision, it becomes like a balloon that just dissipates. It's like, you know, and it's gone. And and some of you may be sitting here this morning, and you're like, yeah, I was a part of Kids Connection there for a while. There's no way I can get back to that. Or I was a part of this, or I was a part of that, and, and, and you've lost it. Today, I want to I breathe encouragement back into you. I want to breathe excitement back into you because it's so easy for us to lose the bigness, to forget about why we're here, to really focus on God and focus on what He wants to accomplish in and through us, exactly what Paul says in Ephesians 3.20 here. And that's what I want to look at because faith begins with stretching our imagination. Faith begins with, the, with visualizing the invisible, the impossible, When God comes and He says, I am going to restore the broken one life at a time through this church. 
And we say, bring it on, let's do it. How's that going to look, God? And God begins to roll out different opportunities and different scenarios. And each one looks pretty big and pretty huge. And yet we step back and we say, yes, but we believe in it. If God has said that we're going to do it, we are going to do it. And we're going to follow hard after Him. And we have that faith. And it's when we cannot accomplish the impossible or we cannot accomplish the possible until we first see the invisible. Faith begins with catching that dream, that vision, and buying into it saying, yes, God is all about this. In fact, Hebrews 11.1 in the Amplified Translation, which I love how it words this, it says, faith is perceiving as real what is not revealed to the senses. Faith is perceiving real what is not revealed to the senses. And to me, that I love the way it words it because so often... You know, we want to be able to taste it and see it and feel it and touch it and all these other things and rationalize through it. Faith isn't like that. Faith is perceiving when you can't taste it, when you can't touch it. Faith is when you look at you look at something and you say, this doesn't make sense. This is too huge for us. This is too huge for my life. This doesn't make sense. I can't rationalize this out. But instead of saying, nah, I'm not going to do that, faith is perceiving that this is real. That this can happen, that this is God breathed, this is God birthed, this is God created. And and faith is saying, I want to be a part of that, and this will become reality, and I want to be a part of that excitement. And so essentially what it boils down to today is this, everyone needs a vision bigger than themselves. Every single one of us sitting in here need a vision that's much bigger than themselves. I t- just a quick, quick journey through the Word of God. You've got people like Noah where God comes and He says, Noah, I want you to build a boat that is three football fields long and I want you to do it in your backyard. And you've got a guy that says, okay, I'll do it. How many of you would do that if you had a backyard that big? That's pretty huge, isn't it? And by the way, Noah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wipe out mankind, but you're going to preserve a little nugget of it. In this boat, I'm going to make it flood, and I'm going to make it rain and flood and all this other stuff, which I know you don't know what that means because it's never done that before, but that's what I want you to go out and tell people. And by the way, no, you're going to be building this for a few years before we actually launch this. And Noah says, okay, that's faith. That's someone that's grabbing a hold of a vision that says, this is bigger than myself. And I'm willing, I want to be a part of it because it's exciting. We read about people like Moses or um, we read about people like Mo, or, uh, Abraham. Let's go to Abraham for Abraham, where God comes and says, Abraham, this is what I want. I want you to take everything, that, kind of your most immediate things, and I want you to leave all that is familiar. Okay, I want you to leave all from your your extended family. I want you to leave, take your immediate family, take some of your possessions and that kind of stuff. And I want you to go. By the way, I'm not going to tell you where you're going, but I just want you to go. Okay, have faith and just go. And also, Abraham, I'm going to make you a father into many nations, even though you don't even have a son. Okay, let's go. Let's do this. You have people like Moses, where God says, Moses, I want you to take my people out of Egypt. I want you to deliver them the free labor that the the Egyptians have going on, that Pharaoh has going on. Moses, I want you to take them. And by the way, Moses, when you go, I want you to approach the Pharaoh X amount of times. And every time you go, this is what he's going to say. He's going to say no, and then he's going to do these other things. But I still want you to trust me, and I want you to go, and I want you to take my people and get them out of Egypt. Okay, let's do it. Joshua, Joshua. 
This is the land that I've promised my people some 400 years ago. This is the promised land. This is the land that is theirs, that I've said it is their land. I want you to take my people, I want you to cross this river, and I want you to go in, and I want you to charge this land, and I want you to take the land that I've promised. And by the way, Joshua, you're going to slay these individuals where you look like grasshoppers in their eyes, but I'm asking you to go, Joshua. I'm giving you the vision, the dream to go in. And at some point, you're going to walk around the city for six times, not really touch it, but the walls are going to come falling down. Okay, let's go. And on and on and on, we read about individuals like this. We read about Gideon, who, who was found in the bottom of wine press because he was scared. And Gideon, God comes to Gideon and he says, my, the, the, uh, God says, the mighty Savior of God, a mighty warrior of God. Obviously got the wrong person because I'm hiding out right here. But he says, but God comes and says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to defeat these people. And you're going to defeat him. He doesn't really tell them, but he goes through this whole process where he's going to defeat 30-some thousand people or 300-some thousand people with, thir- with 300 men. And Gideon says, let's go. Throughout scriptures, we read about individuals like that. We read about, you know, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Gideon, Nehemiah, the disciples, and others that I failed to mention. But we read about individuals that got excited about the vision that said, God, if this is the vision you have for my life, if this is the dream that you're placing with inside of me, I'm willing to go after that. And guys, these are the shoulders of the giants that we stand upon today. The people that said, I'm going after that dream. I'm going after that vision because God has laid that upon my heart. The question I have for us today is this, guys. As you look around us and you see the next generation, are they going to be standing on your shoulders? Are they going to be looking at people like Doug Taxel? Are they going to be looking at people like Mike Shively, a Mary Newland, a Scott Lore? Are they going to look to these people, the next generation, and say, I am moving forward. I am going to, re- I am going to take on the vision, this incredible dream that God has placed upon my heart. Because I saw these other people do the same thing. And in God using them to accomplish some incredible things. Are you going to be that type of giant that others are going to be able to stand on the shoulders of? Because I want to tell you something. That's what's exciting. Those are the stories that, that are being written. Those are the people that stories are being written about. And those are the people that God wants to use to accomplish this thing. This, this next generation to be able to stand on our shoulders to advance God's kingdom here on earth if He chooses to delay before he makes all things complete again. But nevertheless, within that, you're going to have four different type of people as God comes and breathes vision and dream and places, but places that calling upon our hearts. There's going to be four types of people as they hear that. Our church has for these four types of people. They're all around us. And, and, and there's some that's sitting uh, here this morning that would be in one of these different categories, each one of these different categories. The first one would be those that have not. These are the people... They're not sure why, but they don't have a dream. They don't have a vision. You don't, you know, it, it, it may be that you've, you, uh, you have chosen not to. When God has come into your life, you want to play it safe. When you look out there and you see it and you say, you know what, I can't rationalize this. I don't, I don't like it. I, it's, it's too big for me. I don't understand it. I, I can't do that. I just can't do that. You're scared. Your faith isn't that big. Your faith is realized in your own strengths where you have to write, when you reason through things, you think, well, I don't know if I can do this, so therefore I'm not so sure I can do that. Three things are going to happen to you if you fall into this particular category. If you're sitting in here this morning and you don't have a dream or a vision, this, one of these three things probably really relates to you, either frustration, boredom, or regret. Frustration is you don't have anything to go after. There's nothing that's exciting. Just 
Your life is really going from crisis to crisis. It's managing crisis. It's, you know, whatever happens within your life, that's how you deal with it. You just kind of are in the ebb and flow. You just get up, you go to work, or whatever it is that you do, you get up and do that day in, day out, day in, day out. Guys, I would jump off a cliff. That's not exciting. You're bored, you're frustrated. You, you, you're more of a reactor than an actor. You spend all your life working to accomplish maybe something that's, that's not even yours. And so you fall in this, you're frustrated, you're bored, you don't have a dream. What's the use of getting up in the morning? What's exciting? Regrets. If you don't have a dream, if you failed to dream in your life, you have statements like, if only. Or you have that one that I think would just be incredibly, I was going to say the Edgar Allan Poe, what's the one where it's the knocking on the floor, remember that? I lost you, or am I completely wrong? <laughs> one or two things there, right? Both could be right. Anyhow, it's one of those questions that could just be your nemesis your whole life where you just keep hearing it in your heart, your mind. What if? What if? What if? I remember when I was going into the... Uh, when I, I, I felt called to the pastoral ministry at a, like, in a high, like in 16, 15, something like that. And as I began to process that, I ran from it. My, I'm a third generation pastor. My grandfather, obviously my grandfather's a pastor. My dad's a pastor. And, and when I felt the call to the ministry, I was like, there's no way. What if, you know what, I mean, I, I, I believed it right off the bat. And then, and then I really started to struggle and doubt with it because I thought, what if my dad would have been a policeman? Would I just follow in his steps? And so I really struggled with it. I mean, I struggled with it hard. I struggled with it to the point to after I graduated uh, undergrad. I was in this job that was the most, talk about frustration and boredom. I was so bored because it wasn't me. I mean, it wasn't me whatsoever. And so I said, you know, I thought to myself, you know what? I, I'm going to go to grad school. I'm going to pursue, I'm going to pursue uh, the full-time ministry. Because of my thinking was this. I would, rather go to full, I would rather go to grad school and discover that I wasn't called to the ministry than live my whole life answering that, trying to answer that question, what if I was? That was too great for me. I can't imagine what that would be like going through my whole life thinking, what if I was called and I didn't do it? What if? What if? What if? If only. That's that regret. You know, here's the exciting thing. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, you don't have a dream. Or worse yet, maybe you're sitting here this morning and you can recall back when a time where God placed this huge vision, this dream upon your life. And you're thinking, what if? Or if only. Hey, here's the exciting thing. We serve a God that actually pursues us in our dysfunction. And God is here today saying, you're not exempt. I still have a vision, a dream for you. It's still there. The question is, are you going to come after it or are you not? And I believe that God, through the power of His Holy Spirit today, is coming after you guys sitting here that doesn't have a dream, doesn't have a vision, and God is coming and He's saying, today's the day. It's time to rekindle this. Quit being miserable. Quit rejecting this and take what, I've, what I'm offering you. And to me, that's the exciting part. Don't continue to be one of the individuals that have not. The second class of people are those that have, but it's a small one. It's somewhat better, but it's still not God's, and it's not God-sized. If it's not God-sized, it's not God's, okay? Because if you can accomplish it on your, out of your own strengths and out of your own abilities, that's not a God dream. It's, that, that's a small dream. But why do people dream small? Three reasons. Number one, they, uh, people, people don't dream small because, uh, or if you dream big, you're going to be held accountable, right? 
If you lay out some whopping vision that God has given you and you're excited about it and you're, I mean, you're jacked about it and you're, you're on fire, people are going to hold you accountable, right? Hey, how's that coming? What's happening? What's taking place? Part of the, people why, part of the reason why people want to hold you accountable is because they're not big dreamers. And if you dream big, it's going to make them feel bad, correct? And secondly, some people actually believe that they have the gift of criticism and discouragement. I really believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I really do. I believe there are some that, that, that really believe that they're gifted to point out the failures and the wrongs of every other person. And it's like, guys, if you buy into that, please go home, study the Word of God and come back. Let's have a discussion. Because that's wrong. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It's horrible. But that's what happens when, when you dream big, and that's why people dream small, because when you start dreaming big, people are going to hold you accountable, and they're going to start asking you questions. And they want to discourage you. They want to bring you down. The second one's fear of failure. What if I don't achieve this? And this is a problem, because as we've been talking about uh, breaking the idols of our hearts, we have this picture, right? And what happens is, if we're so afraid of failure, what is that, what is that reek indication of? That you have an idol that says, I've got to meet everybody's expectations to, in order to have self-esteem and self-worth, right? So right off the bat, you, it's indicating you have an idol. You shouldn't fear, I mean, fear failure. It has nothing to do with you. You know, it's not about what if I don't achieve this. It's not about being embarrassed. It's not about, you know, it's going to blow your self-esteem out of the water. This is rooted in Jesus Christ. This has to do with him. And let me tell you something. If he doesn't, sh- this is a God sized dream. If God doesn't show up, you are going to fail. But the beauty of it is, that's really not us to determine. God's, if God has laid that upon your heart, God is going to make that, He's going to realize that within your life. That's how you know if it's a God sized dream, and you will see bits and pieces of that come to realization and, and, uh, as, as your life goes on. So some people dream small because they're afraid to be held accountable, they're afraid to feel a fair, failure, and they're also fr- fear of criticism. That goes back to the people that have the gift of criticism. Others may laugh at us, they're going to criticize you, they're going to question your motives. They're they're going to, they know that your reputation is on the line. They know it's your identity. I mean, everything's out there. So some of us will say, well, let's keep it small so that I can manage it, right? That's not a God-sized dream. So you may, have, you may not have a dream. Four types of people. You may be one that doesn't have a dream right now. Uh, the second one here is, is that it may, if you do, it's small. There's those that have a dream, but it's the wrong one. That's kind of bad too, isn't it? You have a dream, but it's the wrong one. As they say, your ladder's leaning up against the wrong wall. Okay? What it is, is this. You're giving it all, but it's not the right one. And nine times out of ten, what it is, you've made your agenda your dream. Your agenda's not your dream. Your agenda's your agenda. By the way, that's why people aren't excited about your dream. is because it's your agenda. You're jacked and excited about your agenda, but people aren't. Because it's your agenda. Can I say agenda one more time? (laughs) It's the wrong one. It's not a God-sized dream. So you might want to take time to give it some prayer and thought to spend time with God to say, you know what, God, is is, is what I'm really going after, is what I think really my dream, my vision, is that what you've placed upon my life and is that what I'm going after? So those are the three. And then the fourth one is this. The fourth one are those with God's dreams. These are the ones that are the Nehemiahs. The Nehemiah, if you go back and read that story, visit that story, these are people that have a dream, that have a vision from God, and it consumes them. You can't think about not doing it. 
It consumes you from the inside out. You really don't own it. It owns you. And it is inside of you. It is burning. It is this burning passion that says, I have got to accomplish this. Come, I I mean, there's nothing that can stop me. I have got to do this. This is what I'm about. This is what I've been wired for. This is why I've been placed here in this particular moment in time. This is what it's all about. It's a dream that propels and drives you through all opposition. It doesn't matter if people come and criticize you. It doesn't matter whatsoever because this is the vision that God has given your life. So it doesn't matter if people try to discourage you or criticize you or whatever. It is a dream that is rooted in Jesus Christ and it's got a hold of you. This is like Nehemiah. Nehemiah was the same way. He tackled this dream. If you go back and read that story, he had the dream to go back and to rebuild the walls of of Jerusalem that had been destroyed in so many days. And people, there were people that, that, were, that discouraged him. There were people that scoffed at him. There were people that were trying to take his life because they didn't believe in the dream. And that's what can happen with you. People, there's going to be opposition when it comes to having that vision, realizing that vision around us. But that didn't stop Nehemiah because the vision, the dream consumed him to the point to where when he was actually working on the walls, the story tells us that, he, that their workers, their laborers, were actually working on the wall with one hand and holding a weapon in the other hand. You talk about dedication. You talk about a dream, a vision that that grabbed somebody's heart. You had individuals that were following hard after Nehemiah because they knew the vision, the dream that Nehemiah had was birthed in God. And they wanted to be a part of that. And there's some of you sitting here this morning where you have a dream and it's crystal clear to you. And you know what it is. And you're encouraged. And regardless of the opposition, regardless of the criticism, regardless of what may come your way, you are still excited because it owns you. And you're excited because you understand that God wants to use you in a very specific way with your vision, your dream, to accomplish the great, that, that other vision here at Element Church to restore the broken one life at a time. And I just want to applaud you. And I want to encourage you. And I want to say... Keep on keeping on. And when those people with the gift of criticism and the gift of discouragement come your way, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Keep on going in the direction that God has you and find the excitement and the thrill and the, and the incredible significance that comes from when we are working in harmony and living in harmony with God. As the worship team comes back up, I just we're going to close with a couple uh, songs. But I want to I just want to share with you a couple more thoughts in conclusion here. As I said, dreams are huge, visions are huge, and people are going to come after you. I'm going to share with you a couple of Nehemiahs that's presently at our Adrian campus, and you're going to be hearing more about these individuals later, but uh, through a video. But I just want to share with you very quickly. We've got a couple individuals uh, at the Adrian campus who. Uh, are from California. And while they were going to grad school in California, they got free housing. And as they got free housing, they took the money they were going to use uh, you know, for, their, for their living, and they started banking it. And they realized that the housing they got for free was from God. And so they started banking all this money. Ten years later, they moved to Adrian. And in that account, they have like a hundred some thousand dollars. They come to Adrian... And they said, you know what? We're not touching that money because that's not our money. That's our dream. That's God's dream. That's God's vision of what God's going to do something with that. Last fall, these two Nehemiahs 
begin to realize the dream, the vision that God had for them when God communicated to them, I want you to purchase an apartment building downtown and provide, low, provide quality housing for low-income people. And that's what they did. Why would you do that? There's not a return on that, is there? God's dream will make you do some crazy stuff in the eyes of other men. You know, on our Honduras trip, we had an some of you were there, we had an opportunity during our devotions, we talked about this, we talked about dreams. And, and it was really cool because uh, with our team, we had, we had um, individuals that were getting ready to finish up college, actually high school, uh, with Kyla. And then, and then later on, or we had a chronological age there, and, and, and I'm not joking, but then you had some middle-aged people. We had some people right after college, which is me, right? And then you had some, you had some middle-aged people, which is not me. And then you had, and then you had some older people. One of the, one of the, uh, we had Larry Hardy, if you know him, and then you had Pastor Keith. And it was so cool to sit there and talk about dreams and to ask each person, what's your dream? Do you still dream? Are you too old to dream? And it was so cool to hear the, the, the younger people like myself, our dreams, you know. And so they were talking about college and they were talking about, I'm going back to college just so I can be a college student, label myself as a college student. Anyhow, we were talking about the college and they, and they said, some of them said, you know what, we're not real sure on what our, what our dreams are. We, I believe it's this, but we want to do what God's calling us to do. And so then you, we kind of went down the line of different age and then you went, got to Pastor Keith and it was like, Pastor Keith, are you too old to dream? And he says, you know what, i got two. One of them is being realized right now. I wanted to come back to Honduras before I turned 80. 79 years old, the guy's in Honduras helping us work. And then he shared his second dream. And he said, you know what, my, second, my other dream is, is that my grandkids will have a good life and that they will know God. I was blown away. I was blown away because it really confirms back exactly what we're talking about today, that your dream is not your agenda. Your dream is birthed in God. It's birthed in Jesus Christ. It's not about you. Pastor Keith's vision, his dream wasn't for him. It shifted over to his grandkids saying, I want my grandkids to have a good life, and I want them to know about God. That's incredible. So I ask you guys, do you have a dream from God in your life? Do you have a vision that God has placed, that has breathed inside of you, that is consuming you? Did you lose that dream? Are you sitting in here today and you're saying, man, a few years ago, God placed this on my heart and I, I just questioned it and I just don't know where we're at. I just, again, want to say to you, guys, God is pursuing you. I believe that with all my heart today, right now, God is pursuing you. Is your dream God-sized? If it's something you can accomplish out of your own strengths, it's not a God dream. It's not a God vision. Is it, you know, and, and I believe that every single person here today, whether you believe it or not, I believe God has placed you here at Element Church to help us accomplish that big dream of restoring the broken one life at a time. And as we look at that, I believe with all my heart God has placed God-sized dreams within your life, just like He did with the, the, the individuals at the Adrian campus saying, we're going to restore the broken one life at a time, and here's one way we're going to do it. We're going to provide low income, or uh, we're going to provide quality housing for low income individuals. Is your dream God sized? 
What is your dream? Next week, I'm going to finish up this whole series by talking about how to obtain that God's dream. But I would just invite you here um, in the next few moments as we close out with some worship, some more singing, worship through song. Uh, and, and as you leave here, that you would spend time just one-on-one with God, asking God through the power of His Holy Spirit, God, you know, what's my dream? What's my vision? If you're sitting here this morning and you have it, I just want to encourage you and say, rock on, man. Rock on. How can we help you? How can we continue to help you breathe, breathe into you what you need so that that, that vision, that dream can become reality and continue to become reality and journey with us together? So I pray that you would do that as we close here with, the next, with a few more songs and worship. Father, we give you thanks and glory today for your great name, for the power that you have instilled in us, those of us that have, that have surrendered our wills to you, God. You have given the power that you used to raise your son from the dead, living inside of us to accomplish that which you've called us to do. And God, this morning we are attempting to do that in your great name. And God, we pray that all that we've done and said here today, that we've sang, that we've every single aspect of our, of our uh, time here this morning, God, I pray that it brought you glory. God, that you felt exalted, that you felt adored by your children here at Element Church. And I pray, God, as we go into our world, that we will live in those God-sized dreams and that we will surrender our lives to those God-sized dreams and that vision that you have laid upon our hearts, seared upon our hearts. And I pray and ask all of this in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Guys, it was great worshiping with you this week. Hope to see you back here next week as we wrap up our series, Breaking the Idols of Our Heart.